0: Man, oh man. I don't think I've ever belonged to a church with so many great singers. Amen? Amen. I mean, GBBC, we are truly, truly blessed. Give God one more hand for these brothers. God's grace. If you don't mind, would you please stand with me for the reading of the word? We're in that book that you may have never heard a sermon before. Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. I want to implore you to make sure you have your physical sermon note cards on today. You're going to be doing a little writing today. Make sure you have those. Amen. Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 1. And I'm going to read as much as I can. Now, as I prefaced earlier, uh, this is grown folks time. Everybody say grown folk. Amen. This is Grown Folks Sunday, and uh, even as we're standing, I want y'all to just turn. Brother Smith, is that you in church? Y'all give God a hand of praise. Come on, come on. Y'all may or may not know Brother Arnold Smith, but our brother had major—I would call it reconstructive back surgery—and he is in service on today. God bless you, my brother. You look and you look a little taller, Brother Smith. I know they—they—they they, they straighten you out, Doc. Hey, Amen. Praise his holy name. So good to see you. So good. He has been in so much pain. And what a blessing to see him in the house of the Lord on today. Song of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1. Listen as I begin reading and prepare now to clutch your pearls. Amen. The song of songs, which is Solomon's, woman, oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your caresses are more delightful than wine. The fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating. Your name is perfume poured out. No wonder younger women adore you. Take me with you. Let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me to his chambers. Young women. We will rejoice and be glad in you. We will celebrate your caresses more than wine. Woman, it is only right that they adore you. Daughters of Jerusalem, I am dark like the tents of Kedar, yet lovely like the curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark, for the sun has gazed on me. My mother's sons were angry with me, They made me take care of the vineyards. I have not taken care of my own vineyard. Tell me, you whom I love, where do you pasture your sheep? Where do you let them rest at noon? Why should I be like one who veils herself beside the flocks of your companions? Man, if you do not know, most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of the flock and Pasture your gro- your young goats near the shepherds' tents. I compare you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are beautiful with jewelry. Your neck with its necklace. We will make gold jewelry for you, accented with silver. Ooh, somebody say amen. amen. Want to put a tag on this text and preach from the subject, friends. Mary, friends, Mary. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father God, we are so grateful for today. We understand that this is the day that you have made. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you for your word. And now, Father God, we stand in anticipation of you speaking to us by your power. Father, help us to receive what you prepared for us. Father, may we do so with joy. May we do so with a positive spirit. But ultimately, Father, we pray for your glory to be revealed and received during this preaching and teaching hour. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon me now. So that your people may be impacted. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen. Now, let me give context. We've talked uh, for the last several weeks, except for last Sunday, we've dealt with friends speak. That was the most recent message where we talked about speaking the truth in love and how it's important that in your interpersonal relationship, in your in your relationships with siblings or friends or coworkers, that you take the time to speak the truth. But you do so with grace and you don't do so in a condemning way. 2 weeks ago, two weeks prior to that we dealt with friends help and so the inference of that is there is this misnomer that we're in a judgment free a judgment free zone when in fact Jesus was saying you should not judge in a condemning manner and so the important uh, emphasis of Matthew chapter 7 that passage is that you take care of your own stuff first remember sweet in front of your own front door now once you get that log out of your eye then you'll be able to help your friend with the speck in his or her eye and so it, it basically dealt with self-examination making sure you got your stuff straight making sure you're in order before you try to speak into somebody else's life somebody say amen And so now with the topic of friends marry, I wanted to carry the theme of friends because I need for you to understand, listen, listen, this marriage thing is serious. I got one amen, I'll take it. Talk about uphill preaching. And so oftentimes, single people are looking for that individual with whom to covenant with. And so we're going to look at Song of Songs this Sunday. We're going to skip next Sunday because it's fifth Sunday and the young people will be in here. And I'll ask the Lord to give me a way to deal with this book that will be appropriate for the youngins. Amen. Amen. But definitely the first or the second Sunday we're going to pick back up in the Song of Songs because there's much for us to learn about our singleness and our marriages from this book. Somebody say friends marry. So here is our message moment for today. Let's look at it carefully. Healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. Healthy courtships lead to healthy marriages. What do you really know about love? What do you really know about passion? What do you really know about? intimacy. I am convinced that the enemy has lied to us from the very beginning as he led Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 and 1 to question the content of God's command when he asks, did God really say? I'm convinced that that same spirit has been passed down generationally. And so generation after generation, we've been questioning God's word, questioning his command of did God really say? And so our hesitancy uh, to pass down godly biblical principles to our children and to our children's children in this one key area of godly sexual behavior. I believe that has given us generations of divorce, drama, and depression. Teach, Pastor Brown. So because we are hesitant to speak the truth and love, we are hesitant to help people because of the log in our eyes. We keep from saying certain things. We have refrained from passing down Godly biblical principles as it specifically relates to sex and sexuality to our children and our children's children, and in turn, we've passed down generations of divorce, drama, and depression. This is growing up church today, amen. Somebody, this, this is growing up now. Let me double down, let me get a little deeper, let me get a little deeper. So, we saw that premarital sex led us down a path of pain and yet we chose being cool or real with our own children Uh, we chose not to help them avoid our mistakes but to help them to sin with limited consequences I need y'all to catch this. See, rather than speak what God said, we ourselves questioned, did God really say? And so rather than give our children and our children's children the benefit of our mistakes, we wanted to be cool, we wanted to keep it real, so we just went along with their sin and then prayed that the consequences wouldn't be too great. So in other words, y'all, we believe the lie. The lie that God's way, God's standard, and God's word was simply not realistic for today's world. The devil is still a liar. So for the next couple of weeks or more, we're going to discover scripturally, number one, that we can experience love without dishonoring God's standard. Let me say that one more time. The first thing we're going to learn is that we can experience love without dishonoring God's standards. Secondly, we're going to learn that we can be in a relationship dating or married and still be committed to God's word. And we're going to discover that we can have a vibrant, passionate Intimate marriage, regardless of being married five or 50 years. Why? Because friends marry. So here are some key principles. Here's some key principles that we're going to deal with. I want you to receive this. Number one, if you're single and you chose the world's way over the word's way, I want you to know that it's never too late to recommit to holiness. It's never too late to recommit to holiness. God is a God of another chance. And I'm a living testimony. He can take some lost ungodly years and he can redeem the time. But it's going to require you to acknowledge and own and repent of your ways. Secondly, if you're married and you find yourself stagnated or stuck, I want you to know that God is a God of resurrection power. Oh, y'all help me preach this. He can take what you deem to be dead and he can breathe new life into it. I'm a living witness. Thirdly, if you are divorced, I want you to know that God can make your latter better. See, as you receive your healing and forgiveness, you'll be positioned to experience life and love again. Now, let me get to our text for y'all. Leave out on me this afternoon. Amen. Song of songs is just that. It is a song extracted of, out of a library of Solomon's songs. It's, it's one long song, not many songs. So the reader, therefore, is not to view it as a collection, but as an extended, unified love song. Y'all, it is filled with love language between a man, a woman, and those who are excited about their love. Now, let me pause there for just a little while. See, when you, when you fall in love, you want to know that other folks are excited about your love. I need a witness up in here. You want to know that other folks are smiling based upon the joy that you are experiencing. So, so in this text, we got a man, we got a woman, and we have this community of, of fellowship that are excited about the love between this man and this woman. So your Bible may clarify whose voice is speaking as I read I would say woman or I would say women or I would say man to help you understand the love language being used and to whom is actually speaking. So let's just talk about this love language. Look at your text if you will. Look at verse 2. The woman is speaking. She's also called beloved. Look at what she says. Oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Mwah. For your caresses are more delightful than wine. Take me. Somebody hollered up in here. Woo! See, some of y'all can't, okay, some of y'all just giggling. Woo. Take me with you. Let's hurry. Oh, come. Let me sip some tea. Y'all are bad this morning. Take me with you, let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me to his chamber. Now, here's a man speaking, verse 10. Your cheeks are beautiful with jewelry, your neck with its necklace. We will make gold jewelry for you accented with silver. Look at verse 12. Woman speaking. While the king is on his couch, my perfume releases its fragrance. The one I love is a sachet of myrrh to me. Spending the night between my breasts, the one I love is a cluster of henna blossoms to me in the vineyards of Engadai. Y'all still there? Amen. (laughs) Medical ministry, please prepare to serve. Here is the man, verse 15. How beautiful you are, my darling. How very beautiful your eyes are doves. Oh, verse 16, the woman how handsome you are, my love. How delightful. Our bed is vibrant. The beams of our houses are cedars and our rafters are cypresses. Y'all, this couple is in love. Their community shares in their romance. They are anticipating something supernatural once they're able to experience and express what their hearts long for. Y'all, this is what love looks like. But I need for you to notice something before we dig into this. There is a relational order supported by this book and other passages of Scripture. See, as we recommit ourselves with the Spirit's help, we will discover more power and less pain in our dating. Oh, let me say that one more time. We'll discover more power and less pain in our dating. Watch this. We'll discover more joy and less drama in our marriages. And more purpose and less aimless encounters in both. I'll come back to that in just a little while. So the, let's talk about this relational order. There is a relational order that we can piece together with the whole entirety of Scripture. Here, here is the relational order. The first thing that happens is uh, one or both get the other person's attention. Write that down. It begins with attention. Somebody got to get somebody's attention. It could be the bend and the snap, but you got to get the other person's attention. Y'all remember that movie? Okay, never mind. Um, y'all remember the movie? Bend and Snap. <laughs> y'all remember that movie? Legally Blonde? Okay, never mind. It was really good. It was good illustration, but you missed it. But so it's about getting the other person's attention. Now, ladies, y'all are masters at that. Come on, sisters. Don't, don't, come on, y'all stay with me now. It's grown folks time. Now, ladies, y'all know. And you don't have to do much. Ladies, y'all can just flick that hair one time. Go, 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 flick. Come on, go, come on. Just. And you don't, you don't even try. I'm talking about the ladies, brother. I didn't mean you to do that. Brother flicking his hair. No, it's for the ladies. Just a little flick. And just a glance. And some, some of you men, you have that, that first image seared in your brain. When she flicked that hair just got to get the other person's attention and once attention is established it goes to the next level where there is either discovered or developed of an attraction get that next one down there's an attraction now let's not be overly spiritual look at me y'all after you write down the traction look up at me because i need for you to understand something there has to be attraction come on y'all y'all keep it real i know you're super spiritual I know you love God. I got permission. Say, Sister Haggard say, tell the truth, preacher. There has to be an attraction. Now that does not mean we get to be superficial in our attraction, but there has to be something about the individual that gets your attention, that, that calls you to long for more. And that's not being unspiritual. And I think what's happened to a lot of us is we've become either overly spiritual or completely non-spiritual and we're missing the reality of being attracted. So you got to get their attention. There has to be some attraction and typically it's best if the attraction is mutual. (laughs) I got to just add these little... It's important. You know, I... I'm not trying to be deep, but it's important. I wish I had more time. So as a relationship cultivates, then the next step is the effective non-physical and physical communication. I'm talking about God's relational order. In other words, y'all start really communicating. Talking on the phone. Stay with me, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sending little messages. Whatnot. Telling other people to tell the person you said hi. <laughs> oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> Let's keep it going. So 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 there it is. You know, but it's 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 physical and non-physical. Because you know, we communicate in all kinds of ways, y'all, with our eyes. Amen. With a little touch. Just a touch. Stay with me. And that touch is like, I got you. After communication, after more time and more fellowship has been invested, that will lead to appropriate affection. The operative word there is appropriate affection. Now here's what I want to pause for just a little while. If mishandled, Order will be inverted and challenges will arise. So we're talking about appropriate affection. I don't have to get specific. You know what appropriate affection is. If it causes something on you to move, then chances are it ain't appropriate. Let me sip on that. Some of y'all still trying to figure that one out. All right. I'm going to get some emails this week. Praise God. (laughs) Appropriate affection. So as the Lord, the community and the family share in this courtship. The next step is a covenant. A covenant is established. Opening all the doors to intimacy and fully expressed love. Everybody say covenant. Come on, say covenant. covenant. This is what we're seeking to get to is covenant. And so what happens is to seal the covenant, the relationship which is now a God-honoring marriage culminates in consummation. Get that down. Mm-hmm. I need to explain what that means. Yeah, I do. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what that means. All right, stay with me. So from getting the individual's attention until now consummation in God's relational order, this is when sexual intimacy should take place. Come down one step. From the time you all get each other's attention. Until the time the covenant has been established and consummation takes place, there should not have been sexual encounters. And so what happens, y'all, is we keep inverting this order and then we wonder why in our marriages we have these challenges. Help me, Holy Spirit. And so is the same thing with anything related to God. If you get things out of order, if you do things against his standard, if you choose the world's ways over God's ways, then things are going to be out of order and then chaos will ensue. But the last piece of this God's relational order is the last one, which I believe is one of the most important ones. So from the day the covenant is established, the marriage then enters the protection stage where the husband and the wife fight together against forces to destroy their marriage because they are protecting the covenant that God has entered into with the man and the woman. It is a three-way covenant. So what the enemy has been most effective in doing is inverting God's order, inverting God's design for relationship. Let me make this plain. Y'all look up at me, look up at me. Um... Most, if not all, kisses in movies, television, books lead to sexual encounters. Just, just just, play the tape. Play the tape in your mind. Most kisses lead to sexual encounters. This programs us to falsely conclude that this behavior is normal. So if I grow up as a young boy and I see kissing leading to sex, by the time I start kissing, I'm going to start to... Y'all with me so far? Somebody say, I got you, Doc. Then, watch this, if I never allow the Holy Spirit to convict my sin, every time I kiss, I'll do this. And see, you're trying to figure out why is it that kissing always leads to something. It's because in your unconscious mind, every time you saw somebody in a TV show, every time you saw somebody in a movie, in a book, whatever, as soon as they start kissing, two seconds later... And so here you are you don't know the person's middle name and you (sighs) but even worse when this behavior translates into the marriage context men typically don't know how to give Uh, Or receive affection without it leading to sexual encounters. The wife is like, no, I was just giving you a good morning kiss. (laughs) I'll just give you a good morning hug. And the brother's like, you ready? (laughs) No. I'm just... So brothers, here's what we got to understand. We have to be reprogrammed spiritually. I need a witness up in here. Because so much of the heavy sexual tones of our world has literally reprogrammed the way men see women. Y'all help me preach this. And so it's hard. It's hard, brothers, because we're so oversaturated that we take all of that to our wives. And our wives are like, hold up, bro. You, you, whoa, slow down. All of that is just not necessary. So when the wife rejects, y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Because we've not been reprogrammed, we think then we have permission. Well, if she ain't, then maybe she will. Ooh, help me, Holy Spirit. So our society has gone to the next level. This is our society now. They've gone to the next level by engaging in meaningless, meaningless sexual encounters. Every movie, every show, every book portrays premarital, post-marital, extramarital sexual encounters as a game or a quest of conquering. As a result, y'all, we have an onslaught in this generation of apps, applications on devices that simply connect people to have physical only encounters. No relationship, no communication, just physical encounters. Y'all, when I found this out, it blew my mind. But there are apps where if you own this app, you ain't looking for no boyfriend. You ain't looking for no girlfriend. You surely ain't looking for a spouse. You just swiping. Anybody ain't looking at me, they know what I'm talking about. Swiping. Swiping. Hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 says this. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not your own. Come on, they ain't look at you. Look at me and nudge them. Say, you are not your own. I'll deal with that more in a couple of weeks. Y'all got a little quiet on me right there. So, Pastor Brown, how do friends marry? What happened in the life experience of Solomon and his bride that will help impact our relationships in 2019? We can extract from this powerful romance at its core three laws. Uh, And there's more, but I'm going to highlight three for our message for today. The first is what I call the law of attraction. Get that down. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. Now, this has less to do with this list that you've made. The kind of man you want. The kind of woman you need. Has less to do with that. Watch this. And has more to do with allowing the Lord to show you someone... That you can glorify God with. Somebody say the law of attraction. Listen to this woman talk about this man. Verse 3. She said, The fragrance of your perfume is intoxicating. Your name hmm, is perfume poured out. No wonder young women adore you. Yeah, that's some strong language. I mean, she's saying, You so bad than other folk want you. Y'all help me teach this up in here. and y'all let's keep it real. We don't want nobody that don't nobody else don't want. Some of y'all are waiting right now. I need a witness up in here because you want somebody that somebody else want. I mean my, my goodness. Be taking out the trash, Amen. So she is attracted to him, his smell, and his character. Now this is what attraction looks like. As a matter of fact, his character or his name smells good. She affirms that being around him is intoxicating. I'm feeling I'm getting a little hot up here. Come on, y'all. Woo! But let's keep going. The law of attraction. Look at the man. Look at verse 9. He says, I compare you, my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariots. Now y'all know Pharaoh had a bad chariot and had some bad mares. Amen. Just just beautiful, beautiful uh 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 specimens of of animal and beast. so he says. So your cheeks are beautiful with jewelry. Your neck with its necklace. We will make gold jewelry for you, accented with silver. He said, "Babe, I'm on. I'm. I'm. Uh, everything I got is yours." <laughs> so he is also intensely attracted to her. It's physical. He sees her body as a thing of extreme. Beauty, he speaks to her body and to her face, capturing what he sees and how he is most pleased with her. He goes on to verse 15 How beautiful you are, my darling! How very beautiful, your eyes are doves. She counters, says, How handsome you are, my love! How delightful. Verse 16 Our bed is verdant, verdant. The beams of our house are cedars and our rafters are cypresses. Wow. She got real specific, didn't she? So we see in the law of attraction. Number one, I want you to catch this. You like who the person is. Just scribble that under there. You like who the person is, you like them. Notice how their attraction is not based upon what one has, but upon who the person is. Oh, y'all help me. Y'all, y'all missed that. Notice, Notice how their attraction is not based upon what one has, but upon who the person is. So if you base your attraction upon what a person has, then if they lose that, then what? You actually like... Who the person is. But that's not all the law of attraction. Secondly, you like what you see in the person. The attractive or the attraction is as is. What do you mean by that? As is mean when you go to buy a car and you see that as is stick on it. Don't ask for no new tires. Don't ask for a new paint job because as soon as you ask, that self is going to be like tapping that, tickle, that, that stick on that door a, as is. But I was wondering, can I get some new windshield wipers as is? But can, can I get a, 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 a paint job as is? So you got to like the person as is. What do you mean by that, Pastor Brown? Neither of these individuals has a desire to change the other person but to joyfully receive the other individual as God has made them. See, some of us, while there's nothing wrong with seeing the person's potential, some of us get caught up in what we can make the other person to become. Now that's dangerous. And so you're going to spend your life, watch this, trying to change the person into the image that you have in your mind. Law of attraction, number one, you like the person. You like who the person is. Number two, you like what you see in the person. But then number three, you learn to like yourself more. You learn to like yourself more. See, I've discovered that self-esteem, body image, body image issues are real. Real. Y'all stay with me here. This issue of esteem and relationships. And what you got to know is you, when, 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 you, when you have encountered that individual that the Lord has prepared for you, single folk, that person ain't going to make you feel bad about yourself. You're going to start liking yourself even more because you realize, man, she likes me for who I am. This beautiful body. That was a joke, y'all. Stay with me. But y'all, the first thing we start doing is try to change and augment ourselves because we feel badly about ourselves. And we find it hard that that individual really likes us as is. What we're talking about, we're talking about self-esteem. Look at verse 5. She says, Daughters of Jerusalem, I am dark like the tents of Qadar, yet lovely like the curtains of Solomon." But do not stare at me because I am dark, for the sun has gazed on me. Stop right there. The woman suffered from feelings of insecurity, self-esteem. She labored in the fields, and the sun caused her skin to shine darker. It's amazing that the things that we esteem lowly, other folks find beautiful. Her self-esteem was getting the best of her. So I want to challenge you right now. Stop being concerned about the images you see in the media. And be more concerned about who God made you to be. Somebody say the law of attraction. Come on, say the law of attraction. So as we examine earlier, notice the language of the text. It can almost make you blush. Oh, verse 2, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. I'm going to keep reading until y'all get this. For your caresses are more delightful than wine. Take me, verse 4, with you. Let's hurry. Oh, that the king would bring me to his chambers. Verse 12. While the king is on his couch, my perfume releases its fragrance. Y'all, this is the law, secondly, of communication. I'm coming down to your block, married folk. The law of, of communication. All right, first of all, married folk. Oh, God. You ready, married folk? I got one strong yes. God bless you, married folk. Speaking love prepares you to make love. I got one amen in the choir. Thank you, brother. I got one. I take it down. <laughs> speaking love is preparatory. It prepares everybody for what's about to happen. Ain't nobody looking at me right now. Good luck. Come on, look up at me. Single folk, learn how to affirm your love with more than the physical. (sighs) Talking about law of communication. See, some of us, if if we weren't physical, we wouldn't know what to do. So you got to learn single man, single woman, how to affirm your love with more than the physical. The sister in this text leaves no room for doubt. She wants her man and doubt is removed with her words. And so we see that they've mastered the art of expressing their feelings and affirming the object of their affection. Mystery, I'm sorry, mastery is only achieved through practice. So you got to practice this law of communication. You got to work through it. Sometimes you got to sound silly until your silliness becomes serious. Y'all help me up in here. So brothers, you may, you may sound goofy at first. You may try to quote some of this stuff like Solomon. It may not come out right. He talked about the mayor of Pharaoh's chariot. You're going to say you are just as beautiful as my... Pet dog. She could be like, "I don't think that's." Just keep working on it, bitch. Keep working on it. But brother, you gonna sound silly at first. But you gotta keep trying. So here's how the law of communication is manifest. Number one, you have to affirm your lover. You gotta affirm your lover. This is so simple, but it's so it's so practical. You affirm them, their appearance and their performance if you get what I mean. If I had glasses, I'd be looking over the top of them. (laughs) Affirm your lover. You know they trying their best. Affirm them. And if he can't say nothing to say, it'll be better next time, baby, come on. (laughs) Affirm them. Is my brother crying back there? You ain't crying, is you, bro? Oh, no, okay, I thought you was crying, all right. (laughs) Affirm them. Tell them how good they are to you. Tell them how good they look to you. You can be married five years or 50 years. Your lover still needs to be affirmed. God bless you. I, I, that's it. We're almost done. We're almost done. I've gone way too long, but it's all good. It's all good. Not only affirm your lover. Secondly, accept your lover. Accept your lover. Let them know, like the words of Donny Hathaway, you were meant for me. I don't know if I could sing that song. You were meant for me. Sing it to him. No one else could come between this love I know I'll never let you go You and me, it seems, never have a problem we can't overcome You'll always be the one, yeah Accept your lover. And even if you can't sing it, you put that YouTube video on and you play it, and you lip-sync to it. You lip-sync it to him. Now, please note, I want you to kiss this. I don't want you to get ahead of me because we're talking about Solomon and his bride-to-be. So please note in our text, they have yet to consummate their relationship. Y'all, they're just talking it out. But I like this. She's telling him exactly what she wants him to do. And he's sitting up with his notepad, taking notes. Oh, that's... Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Brothers, you got to be students. Oh, God. This is going to have to be a, a Sunday night sermon. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, somebody say law. law. What's the first law? Law of, law of attraction. Second law is law of communication. Law of communication. I'm, I'm, I'm about to wrap this up. The, the, the final law... Is the law of affection? The law of affection. I'm not going to go uh, through all of the verses we've discussed, but but just look at some of these language. Kiss. Somebody say kiss. kiss. Caress. Somebody say caress. Kiss. Say take me. take me. Y'all ain't say it like you mean. Say take me. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all really said it. Amen. <laughs> talking about the law of affection, y'all. Affection. God designed sex to be enjoyed. God designed sex to be enjoyed. There is nothing as pleasurable. But he also framed sex to be best experienced within the context of a covenant honoring marriage. I'm talking to your single folks. Now, yes, you can get the same feeling, but at what cost? So the couple in our text are representing, I'm sorry, are presenting us with a step-by-step guide to affection. Now, single folk, if you're in a God-honoring courtship with some wedding dates on the calendar, then these discussions are in order. But if y'all just met three months ago, and you don't even know his middle name, then it's not this same time for you just yet. Not to the married folk. Uh, uh, three things, a couple things real quick. Number one, learn what your spouse wants. Oh, my time is just racing. Talking about affection, learn what your spouse wants. And I put on my notes in parentheses, just do it. I know, I know. Mm, I ain't got no amen. Just, I'm going to just sit right here. See, let me help you out. The more you please, the more you'll be pleased. I got one. Okay, God bless you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Learn what your spouse wants. Secondly, teach your spouse about your body. Teach your spouse. She may not know. He may not know. Let's keep it right. He doesn't know. Okay, let's just keep it right. He doesn't have a clue. Just, come on. That's, it is what it is. He doesn't know. He thinks he does. But see, that's, that's society conditioning him to think he knows, but no. I'm talking to married folk now, Singapore. Don't you be taking these notes. So the number of years that you've been married are irrelevant. They could be doing the wrong thing for decades. Now, come on, stay with me, y'all. We ticklish today. Now listen, when your spouse says, baby, that's just not cutting it. Don't be sensitive or defensive. Receive it with love because it is your objective again to learn I know you think you know you think you just listen Ah. thirdly thirdly work on non-sexual affection which will help the sexual affection what I see in this text is they're talking it out before they get there Y'all see that? Take me to your chambers. Put your head in my breasts. She's giving him step by step before they even get there. And so it's it's going through his mind and he is working on his strategy, his approach. Because he is committed to her and he is committed to pleasing her. So work on the non-sexual affection which will help the sexual affection. So additionally, we're talking about brothers, learn how to hold hands, learn how to hug, learn how to give a kiss, just a kiss. Every touch, brothers, should not lead to the bed. Y'all didn't know Pastor could go this hard, but I'm trying to help y'all up in here. Every touch should lead to the bed, brothers. Yeah. Let me give it some scripture. Let me give it some scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to read several verses, then we're going to wrap this up. I've been 50 minutes. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It says, now in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to use a woman for sex. But because sexual immorality is so common. Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. And each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. Verse 3. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. And likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body. But her husband does. But unfortunately, the text is moving. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Ah, Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, there it is, y'all, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, and another has that. Paul's like, ain't nobody but me very likely have the gift of celibacy. What? what what's she saying? Security, what, what's she saying? 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Oh, she scared me. I said, oh, Lord, what's she saying? I ain't got no security around here. I no, I'm going to start preaching like this. So then, y'all bad. First Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. It's a strong text. That's something that you and your, your spouse can go over. In Singapore, you go over this as well because it frames what the marital bed ought to look like. There's unselfishness in that context. Somebody say unselfish. So I'm, I'm finished. I'm way long, but it's good. Number one, I want each of you to read through Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, chapters one and two. Just read through it. Just just, just familiarize yourself with the language. I believe there's eight chapters in total. And uh, I'm probably not going to teach anywhere near all eight. But for this week, I want you to read through Song of Songs one and two. Amen. Uh, next Sunday, fifth Sunday, as I said, so I have to pick back up. Very likely the second Sunday in October, but we're going to continue the same sort of dialogue. Uh, bring somebody with you. Bring bring somebody you're thinking about. Uh, bring somebody who you've been spending time with, single folk, and let's 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 collectively grow in this area together. Spend time in prayer, examining your relationship history. What lessons do you need to learn? What habits do you need to break? What habits do you need to develop? I believe in strongholds. Yes, I do. I believe in strongholds, and I believe that if we aren't careful, we can find ourselves in certain bondages that we find impossible to break out of. Now, one stronghold is I've been attempting to establish a couple's ministry here at GBBC for a while. I've never had such spiritual warfare. In establishing a ministry but I'm not going to stop because we need it we need it desperately we need to lift up the sanctity of marriage we need to lift up couples in here who are married and encourage couples who are married so y'all pray for me as I am praying for that breakthrough that will open up the door for a couple's ministry heads about eyes are closed father we thank you for today Uh, Thank you for the laughter, but thank you for the simplicity of your word. Thank you for just meeting us here and allowing us to examine ourselves. Father, we all have work to do. And though I pray that we would look to the example of Solomon and his bride-to-be. And Father, that we would just be willing to admit and acknowledge and take ownership that we've not done things your way. And Father, our scars are both internal and external. Father, our pain is real. And so we're asking for comfort and for strength and even for deliverance. You are a perfect and sovereign God. There's nothing you can't do. So, Father, I pray especially for our single brothers and sisters. That regardless of their past, immediate or distant past. Father, I pray that your spirit would convict them to do things your way. Father, I don't even care if somebody's living in their house with him. I pray in the name of Jesus that you challenge them to make different choices as it relates to honoring you with our bodies and our lifestyle. Father, I pray for the married folk in the house. That we would pray and be delivered from the stronghold where marriages just are not celebrated. And Father, I pray that those who are committed to the covenant that they've made, that they would rise up and be proud of what you brought together. So Father, we lift up marriages in greater Bethlehem. We pray for these husbands and wives who are warring together for your glory. Father, give us hope and peace and power to live a life that honors you. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this moment. In Christ's name we pray. Let everybody say amen.